Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for an amazing day. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your Holy Spirit working in our lives, always pointing to your love, to pointing to who you really are, and we're not always listening. So today, open our ears to hear, our eyes to see. Become our belief to believe the good news of how you see us and how you value us. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Last three weeks, uh, you've had guests, uh, speakers, and uh, from what I heard, uh, one quote is, it's the best three guests we've had in a long time. Uh, Those messages were phenomenal. Um, They're online now at uh, the Hope Fellowship website, and if you're in the Hope Fellowship Facebook page, so you can go look if uh, you you weren't here for some of them. Um, The one... Uh, by Red Shoot. <laughs> Who's here for Reg's? Okay. What'd you think? Did it stretch you a bit? I know it stretched you. <laughs> Baptist roots, you better believe it. <laughs> yeah, oh my goodness. If you get a chance, if you've not heard it, go hear it. Um, in the link on YouTube, I've also put the link to the other two End Times messages I did a couple years ago. They all dovetail in. Reg did a phenomenal job of presenting another perspective that is more hope-filled. Phenomenal. Like just, wow. I, I, I was just thrilled to hear he actually tackled that topic. I remember I was shaking in my boots when I did. It's like, oh no, how are they going to take this? Because I was so scared. <laughs> and he was too. So it was great, fantastic. And then uh, Scott McIntyre, our friend from St. Catharines, uh, came and shared. And he's always got this great kind of charismatic personality. And yeah, he's not, too, he's not conservative. <laughs> so a nice, safe flavor coming in. Then Val, I just uh, listened to yours last night. Fantastic. Be who you really are. And tackling, seriously, one of the verse in Romans? Really? You're dealing with that in your first message? You're nuts. Great job. Worth listening to. So if you've not heard those, take a listen and uh, let the Holy Spirit stretch your thinking. Really good job. So, a number of weeks ago, before our three guests, I've been wrestling with this topic of uh, encounters with God. And uh, we began talking about what is God's response to humanity, to us all. And that took two weeks of kind of wrestling through some verses of a God perspective. Because I think in our culture, in the church culture, in Western culture, our, the traditional imaging we've grown up with describing who God is, I think has been so incomplete. And I would say inaccurate. God's better than I ever dreamed of. And I've been unpacking these verses, saying, look, take a look at these things yourself. If you've noticed in the last number of months, a lot more scripture up on that screen, so you can look it up yourself in multiple translations. I'm not making this stuff up. And I think that's the mindset that needs to be corrected. It's so ingrained uh, in, in us how this verse is supposed to mean that, and that verse means this. Well, wait a minute. 
I've been offered a, another perspective. And again, we always are, but sometimes we just dismiss, nope, 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 can't be right. But there's been some joyful lens changes in my mind. I'm rereading the scriptures with a more hope-filled lens that is blowing me away. And I'm starting to see everybody else needs to hear this too. They need to see a much healthier and a better perspective. First of all, of how God sees us, and then what's God's response to certain individuals? How did Jesus and, and, and God relate to certain people in their circumstances? Man, it, it's not typical. And if, uh, I think if the modern church today would take a look at how they treat people that are wrestling with stuff, it doesn't look anything like Jesus. Some are getting it right. The choir is starting to grow of a better picture of God in the church world. People are getting sick and tired of religion, the system that is about control. I'm not into religion. I'm into the original intent of religion, which is the things that bind us together of common faith and belief. That's great. And doing those things. What is religion supposed to be? Loving others, helping the poor, helping the widows. That, that is where the heartbeat of religion should be. But we've turned religion into a Jewish system of rules you must follow in order to either become righteous or stay righteous. I remember Scott's message was on, do you know you already are righteous? You already are holy, so quit trying to become something you already are. Which means a change of mind in your belief. You will act out everything you believe. You'll live your life according to what you believe about God. Every person here does. Every person outside of here acts and lives their lives based on their perception of who they believe God to be. None of us have arrived. So today, I would like to take a look at, whoops, go back. I'd like to take a look at what were people's responses to their God encounters. There's some unique individuals who responded to God, Jesus, or Holy Spirit, however the stories are. There's so many people I could pick on. and I know we're not going to get through it all today. But I want you to see how people responded and why. I've been wrestling with that question too. Why do I want you to explore this? Maybe because I see such a lethargic Canada. I see such a lethargic USA and their response to the power of the love of God. And again, part of the reason I'm showing some of these stories to you is because these encounters are with the real Son of God. Not a concept or a historic person. There's a difference between that. And I would like us to all experience God. Not just believe about Him, but to know Him in our minds from the heart, as Val did a good job sharing. Begins with who we really are, our oneness. So let's, let's take a look at just a couple of stories. Oh, let's go Old Testament first. Some people think that we've written off the Old Testament because it's Old Covenant. Don't do that. The Old Testament's filled with so much richness, lessons to learn, not rules to follow. Don't turn into that. There's still holy texts that have been given to us to show us the journey of revelation. If you take a look at all the people from the beginning of our biblical history, 
right through to when Jesus comes, they're all learning different things about who God is. And God does these course corrections in each of them. None of them had it right. That's why God said, this is my son. Listen to him on the Mount of Transfiguration. Jesus is the arrival of the perfect picture of who the Father is. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen my Father, we are the same. And I think we've had a skewed picture of who God the Father is by misunderstanding, misreading the Old Testament texts. Do I have a lot of questions? You bet. How does this work? How does that work? How how could this God who is love, how could he smite out all these people? Good question, isn't it? I'll get in a guest speaker to address it sometime. Because then we can judge if we like it or not. And then, <laughs> just kidding. But in the Old Testament, we are given authenticity. And the Psalms are probably one of the most authentic expressions of vulnerability we need. Churchianity here in the West, what it has done, it has smitten this thing called being vulnerable. It smacked it dead, as in it's not allowed. We're told to... Put on this plastic face, come to church, and we act a certain way. We have the behavior list in, in the membership documents. We don't, but some churches do. And I've seen, I've seen some serious lists of how long your hair should be, how long your skirt should be, what kind of pants you can wear, what you can't wear. Uh, you name it, it's nuts. The rules that are out there all thinking they're following the Bible. We're not here to follow the Bible. Don't get me wrong, love the Bible. We use it. We live by Christ. There's a big difference. So when, when, when um, David is writing these psalms, he's sharing something about being vulnerable, <clears throat> teaching us to become vulnerable. Not conservative, but vulnerable. Because that is where you're going to begin to experience God. And certain churches experience their own way. Some are more charismatic, some are... Uh, they do it through rituals, and, the, and those have value. I'm going to be addressing that this fall, I hope. I don't know. But there, there's, let's not mock these expressions that different cultures and faiths have. In fact, uh, I'm sorry for the rabbit trail, but again, I was gone for three weeks. My head's been, you know, it's been going nuts. But there was a, uh, um, some mocking uh, done about somebody praying a certain way, uh, that I, a story that I read. And I realized that for us or the religious group that's judging another religious group for how they pray, there's no business in that for that in the church. None. In fact, one particular group, it's not even Christian. They pray three times a day. Three times a day. They, they focus in the morning, noon, and night. How many, do you know of some religions that do that? Yes, they put their mat down and all that. Do you know what they're doing? They're focusing. They're meditating. Oh, wait. Who else did that in Scripture? Daniel! He got in trouble for it. In fact, he got thrown in a lion's den because he prayed three times a day. And they all knew it. We've lost something. We've lost ways to be reminded of our Christ-likeness. I've heard us mock the Catholic Church. We used to have a, I, was a, I went to a public school, and the Catholic school is just uh, two blocks away from us. And every day we walk past each other, and, you know, the jesting and the 
fighting and snowballs and the heckling happens all the time. We made fun of their stuff. They made fun of us because we didn't have anything. But, you know, they have some icons in their faith. Yes, we may not follow that, but don't mock it. The rosary. Don't talk about the rosary. That's not evangelical. Hang on. A rosary is a way to practice the presence of Christ. They're manually touching this thing, and they're thinking about God. And we mock that? Well, it's not how I do it. How do you do it? Oh, I go down my knees like this. Um, and <laughs> you can make fun of each other's methods. Don't. The Orthodox Church has icons, beautiful art. Some of it not so beautiful, but they think it is, you know. But it's, it's there. It's a reminder of stories to constantly have it in your view. God is near. See, the evangelical church says you've got to put Bible verses up on your mirror to be reminded. But no rosary, you know. Like, please, if the love of God is real in you, and it is, then let it out by not judging one another. Practice seeing Christ in all. Open your eyes and see. Become vulnerable. Ask questions. David started to vet. Psalm 71. This is David's response to God. He says, You have allowed me to suffer much hardship, but you will restore me to life again and lift me up from the depths of the earth. You will restore me to even greater honor and comfort me once again. Then I will praise you with music on the harp because you are faithful to your promises. David went through so much stuff, so many hardships, so many difficulties, abandonment, attempted murder, you name it, they tried to take him out misunderstood big time. And here he says, God, you've allowed. This is him responding to God. He's praying from his pain. Something we need to learn to do besides, well, you can't just, oh, God's good. In fact, Eldon said that. I remember his prayer. Dear God, this. That's one of the best prayers you can pray. When you can't put words to the anguishing and the tightness of your chest, the lump in your throat, can't speak. That's the Holy Spirit speaking for you in your pain and suffering, whatever it is. When you can't put into words the thing you're trying to pray for, even with Colleen's uh, uh, son's father-in-law, I can pray a certain way, but my words aren't the magic the Holy Spirit is the one who does the speaking and interpreting and, and figuring out the intent of the heart regardless of the words that came out. Sometimes we're too strict on correcting people's theology and terminology. We don't leave room for growth. For, we need to do more of that. I just, I'm so sorry that in the past when I began teaching grace, I judged others so harshly for not getting it right for not using the right terms. No, you're not under, under law. You're under grace, and, and you're right. Uh, you're wrong, and I'm right. That's not the spirit of Christ. That's a young child trying to figure it out. 
pretending to be a mature person. I haven't got it all. I haven't got it all figured out. But that's why we do family. We grow together. But I love this transparency here. He just vents from pain. Psalm 43. By the way, 43 and I think 42 is next. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior, my God. Now, just a few minutes ago, he says, I will then praise you. He did not feel like praising the Lord in his trouble. But he was honest enough to say, I know it's coming. I just don't emotionally feel it right now. I'm not going to play fake. Wow. So, almost word for word, watch this. Verse 5 and 42. Why am I so discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. Wow. A bit of a pattern. Word for word. He's obviously wrestling with stuff, and he's journaling it down. Then he says, Now I am deeply discouraged, but I will remember you, even from, from distant Mount Hermon, the source of the Jordan. From the land of Mount Mizar, don't ask me where that is. I hear the tumult of the raging seas as your waves and surging tides sweep over me. Okay, I hear the raging seas and waves sweeping over me. Do you think he's just having a bad day? Or is it much worse when you feel like the ocean's crashing in and you no longer have control? Which is one of our issues. Trying to be in absolute control all the time. And he's saying, I am not in control, and I will place my hope in you. He says that a lot. But each day, the Lord pours his unfailing love upon me, and through each night, I sing his songs, praying to God who gives me life. You may wonder what prayer is for. I'm going through an interesting weave of what is prayer, and does it have value? Since God knows everything is going to happen, why pray? Isn't that a great question? Like, isn't that a natural one? Why, why bother if really there is an answer? Prayer is more than just getting whatever you're praying for. I think prayer more and more is becoming a thing of intentionally connecting with the Spirit of God in us and becoming more aware of His actual presence and then experiencing that. Oneness. Union with Christ. The mentally slowing down and focusing. Call it beads and and going down a string. Call it a cross. Call the sign of the cross. What is that? I can't do that. I'm not Catholic. Yes, you can. It's a visual picture of the cross of Christ. I'm remembering that it's all finished. I am one with the Savior. I went down with him. And I rose with him too. Sign of the cross. There's, there's room for that. It's okay. It feels really weird. because I've had to practice in the mirrors because nobody's looking. Am I doing this right? Because I don't want to feel stupid. But I'm starting to experience value in signs, symbols. It's okay. The Western Church, the Reformation, they ditched all those symbols in, in protest to the Catholic Church. But they overran the bases. I forgot the value of some of that. 
We have much more to learn than we think. And we've been programmed to think a certain way. We, didn't, we just don't realize it. It's time to be programmed to who we are and live from that. Each day the Lord pours his unfailing love upon me, praying to God who gives me life. And he prays. He goes to God in prayer to make connection with the one who is the source of peace. Do you need to experience peace right now? Then go pray. How do I pray? Think, talk, go to a quiet place. There, we can talk about that another time. That's, that's another series I'm going to deal with. But he does this intentionally. This is his response to who he believes God to be. He does a beautiful job. Oh God, my rock, I cry. Why have you forgotten me? He's praying to the God who forgot him? How does that work? Again, he's expressing how he feels. Why must I wander around in grief, oppressed by my enemies? Their taunts breaking my bones. They scoff, where is this God of yours? Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. Maybe this is something you need to read on your own. Not as a magic bullet, say, hey, if I read this, I'll feel good. But to begin to let your mind see and hear the response of godly people to God. Use it as your practice so it becomes your own eventually. Write your own music, your own poems, your own songs, your own prayers. Why do you think we do music on Sunday mornings? Because music is super powerful. The vibrations of all the instruments, the tones, the harmonies, they affect our body, our psyche, everything. And it prepares us to hear even more of the vibration of who God is and his voice speaking in us. There's power in it. Some, many, many people come to church and don't feel like being here. Well, if I don't come, I have to explain why I don't want to be here. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe the Holy Spirit can tap through that. Oh, and does. And lift you, giving that little bit you needed. Psalm 39. An encounter that reminds us from a human perspective a picture of who God is and how short life is. I love reading this one at funerals. Lord, Remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered. I'm going to stop there for a second. Remind me my days are numbered. Hmm. There's a sign downstairs at the Reebok store. It said something like, the average lifespan is about 23,472 days. Something like that. Well, all of you are going to go home and now Google this because you can go and how, how many days old am I? That's what you type into Google and you'll find out exactly how many days old you are. Your days are numbered. I'm at about 19,000 right now. I thought I was less. Anyway, I guess I aged since the first time I looked at it. <laughs> when, I, when I bury an 85-year-old, there are, I think, 26,000 days think, something like that. You just do 365 times your age. Fine, but how many days old are you? And what are you doing with the days left? Your next day, you could be gone tomorrow. 
The person beside you could be gone instantly. So say the things you got to say now. Say I love you more often. With your eyes, not I love you. That doesn't count. Say I love you to your kids more. Kids, tell your parents you love them. You'll melt their hearts. We don't say it enough. And say it with your eyes. If you have a good friend, tell them you really like them or love them. If guys, I know it's weird. Just punch them in the shoulder and go, I love you. If that's what you have to do, fine. But practice expressing the value of the relationships around you. David's realizing life is short. Remind me that my days are numbered, that my life is fleeing away. My life is no longer than the width of my hand. An entire lifetime is just a moment to you. Human existence is but a breath. We are merely moving shadows. And all of our busy rushing ends in nothing. Seriously. We heap up wealth for someone else to spend. And so, Lord, where do I put my hope? Here it is. My only hope is in you. He always comes back to that. He vents freely, transparently. But somehow he has the knowing of whose he is. He knows his source. And even if he doesn't articulate it, there's a knowing that he hasn't put into words yet. Maybe that's it for you too. Maybe there's some here who may not get this God thing, this who am I? But deep down, every single one of us has a capacity and a DNA connected to the light of God. All of us have the light of God in us. The light shines through the darkness. And if you can't see it, then it's darkness to you. I think it says in Matthew, then how great is that darkness? If the light that is in you, if that light is darkness to you, whoa, how great is that darkness? light shines through, even if you can't see it. That's hope. In the book, The Shack, if you haven't read it, you gotta. One of the best fiction books on, where's God in the pain? Does a brilliant job. Paul's spoken here a couple times. You can see them on our YouTube channel. Um, Worth hearing. But in the story, Mac is questioning God. How could you do this? Did you cause this? And he writes of of Mac's daughter's death. He says, Mac, just because I work incredible good out of unspeakable tragedies doesn't mean I orchestrate the tragedies. Don't ever assume that my using something means I caused it or that I need it to accomplish my purposes. That will only lead you to false notions about me. Grace doesn't depend on suffering to exist. But where there is suffering, you will find grace in many facets and colors. This is a big one. It means we need to ask a question of ourselves. What's our perspective of who we believe God to be? Is he a big control freak in the sky, puppeting everything? 
how does this freedom thing work? What does he want from us anyway? Am I pleasing enough to him? How do I, how do I, get, how do I learn who this God is I say I believe in? If you haven't grown, if you still have the same picture of God from when you were a little kid, there's a problem, a huge problem. You bring in one of those little kids, if they do not change as they grow, there's a problem. New baby being born, if it doesn't grow and add weight as they check the weight every couple months, something's wrong. You have been created to grow and keep growing in your knowledge and understanding of who God is and his profound love for you and everyone else. All of us need to grow. I think I'm going to stop there because, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, man. Um, there, there are some profound illustrations coming next week. Really good practical pictures of relationships of how people responded back to Jesus. Oh, my goodness. Maybe it can be a lesson for us. Maybe we can get excited again and respond to God who lives in us through our own personalities. It does not have to look like the person sitting beside you. That's not fair. But internally, to experience him and the power of his resurrection that lives in you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are so good. And not everybody here believes that. And there are moments I forget that. So I pray that you remind us, point us to some of the scriptural reminders that you are good. Point us to real life stories of people around us where they've experienced your goodness so that we are encouraged by one another. Holy Spirit, tap us on the shoulder a little, a little harder so we are attentive to you, so we can respond to you. You've created us as a humanity, as response creatures. That is our response ability, the ability to respond. Teach us how to do that. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.